Hello, everyone. Welcome to the Real Storytellers Podcast. This is episode 111, and I have a very, very special guest. Her name is Jen. You just told me your last name. How do you say it again? <laughs> Rangapai. Rangapai, yes. And she is like a jack of all trades. Um, if you go to her website, she's a business consultant. She also is um, an artist. She does amazing paintings. She's a photographer. I mean, she literally is a jack of all trades. So go ahead and say hello, Jen. Hi, everyone. Thank y'all for being here. And Nikki, thank you for having me on your Real Storytellers podcast. I'm excited. Thank you. So I wanted to get her story because if you see her art, there's so much culture in her art. And um, it kind of reminded me a little bit of like Frida and Picasso. <laughs> mixed in one I don't know she just has a unique taste and her photography is awesome too and she also works with uh, JT Campos who we're going to have here too as well but uh, I wanted to ask how she got into her art because and I'm going to post pictures of her art as we're going through this interview and I'm also going to post her website in the description as well so how did you get into art well, I would say ever since I was a little kid, so I was definitely very hyperactive and it was hard to keep me focused. So my grandmother would bring along with her in her purse, like paper and pens, and I would always like be drawing or doodling or something. And so if we were waiting somewhere or if I was in church or whatever, I would be drawing and then my grandmother always inspired that. So instead of um, like, say we would have nap time, right? Remember nap time? My granny would give me an option if I wasn't going to sleep that I needed to be making art or reading. And so I would normally choose the making art. And so my grandmother really, really gave me that opportunity. And then the other people in my community that I would stay with were also very supportive of that. So, um, yeah, just my childhood and just being able to express visually has always been like a therapy for me. I never really wanted to necessarily, my goal wasn't like to sell my art, um, but it was something that came natural. So on my, I would go during the summers with my grandparents on road trips and I would actually set up like a little booth outside the trailer, wow. the trailer park. And I would set up a little thing like by my art. And then whenever we were, I would go to friends' houses and we would play like house, I would play store and I would try selling my art. So um, it's kind of a natural progression. It was, um, it was more therapy for me. So it was a big step to start putting art out there for other people to have and to make it into merch and other things. Wow. Interesting. So um, did you have any lessons or anything or are you all self-taught? Um, for the most part, no, I didn't. I haven't taken any lessons. I will say the normal like art classes in school, that was a big um, therapy for me. I know in high school that I actually was taking like two art classes instead of just one. And then I guess in college, I decided alongside some of my business courses, as I was working on my bachelor's degree to go ahead and take some art classes. And that really helped like learning Adobe um, Illustrator and InDesign officially like, like 
trained in school, that was really, really helpful. Wow. Interesting. Um, I don't, a lot of people, you know, take art lessons very young, but you pretty much just were creative naturally, huh? Yes. So um, who were your influences growing up? Nature really was my influence in terms of that, um, in terms of like my inspiration and then my grandmother just really being there and encouraging and creating the time and the space for me to make art and buying all my supplies. And then the people around me, right? So people that I know around me that are making art, whether they are um, my elders or part of my community or my peers. So that definitely inspires my art and since I use it more as a therapeutic release, um, you'll see a lot of what I'm going through. So my own circumstances really influence my art in that way. Interesting. We want to do we want to do we want to introduce JT since he's here in the background. I'm oh, sorry. Yes. This is JT Pompos. You may know okay. him from Boaz. Boaz. Yeah. <laughs> from the hit TV Netflix series. Sorry about that. I, I didn't think I was in your frame. <laughs> I'll see you on a little bit and we'll talk. Yes. <laughs> She's a driving force behind Boaz, though. And I'm this around the pie. This lady right here. I made yeah. Because of that, you can go into the, <laughs> the business consulting she was yes. mentioning. So. so how did you get into that? That's a good question. So whenever... As I was growing up, I realized like everybody has a special skill that is valuable to someone else, like someone else needs it. So any skills I have, someone else needs those to make their dreams happen. And so one of the things I was going to school with was business. Um, I always had like, like you see with me trying to sell my art, I always kind of had that hustle in me, right? It's yeah. instilled in me. And so what my idea was to help other people, um, make their dreams come to fruition by offering whatever services I have, because I believe, like I said, everyone has a special skill that they could use to make money and make a stream of income. So I went to school for that. One thing I found in the field was people don't want to sit down and write a business plan. They're not, you know, in terms of planning, stuff like that. So I kind of shifted my business to like, I have these skills. This is what you're doing. What are you missing? I can fill those gaps for you and we can like move forward and, bring whatever you are dreaming into fruition. So that's kind of how I got started. I started my um, business as a consulting agency as my internship for my degree. So I used my, um, yeah, I used my internship to start my own business. And then I started doing consulting for um, artists as well as real estate agents. And then it kind of just grew. So basically I meet people naturally and we get to talking and you have a business and I'm like, oh, I can do that. And I know someone that can do this. And then we decide to go into a partnership or into a contract. And so that's basically what I'm doing with JT now doing, um, you know, at like basically a lot of his administrative and marketing, um, trying to get him organized so that we can get all of his ideas that he has in his head, bring them to fruition. Nice. Interesting. And that's, um, 
actually in a real important role because a lot of artists don't want to do the the admin part of it and you know do their job and not even not even want to it's just a matter of it takes up a space in your brain that kind of kills your creativity and it's also something that drains the energy you need to be expressive and work with people and be able to show up as your whole self when if that doesn't come naturally to me to you it's hard for you to show up as your whole self when you're like oh i gotta make this appointment and talk Mm -hmm. to these people and you know i gotta worry about what the people think about my art because we're trying to market it um that kind of thing can can kind of like drain the energy and the, the time the heart space that's required to just show up as yourself and be the person the character the personality that maybe um folks are really coming to see interesting definitely that's an important role and honestly it sounds like you just take a load off of somebody's shoulders when you do all that so definitely definitely it can get complicated too right because you know there's ownership and there's you know hey i want to do this part so there's like there's some challenges in that i think um, when you find a good groove though it's awesome and amazing and building a team around that can be really powerful awesome so tell me about lupe art Lupe Arte, yes. Lupe Arte is a nonprofit organization in Austin, Texas, that brings um, basically cultural arts classes to after schools to a lot of our elementary schools in the area. And they employ teaching artists. So I was a teaching artist there, and I would teach after school art classes for a lot of the schools there in the area. Um, Lupe Arte also supports um, cultural arts projects, specifically in the Latinx space, and so for and are really hyper focused on women. So they also do events. So Mex Americana is something we just finished out. So that is a Mexican American comic con that is in Austin and artists come from all over the nation actually to participate that I believe the next year is going to be our fifth year doing that. Um, They also sponsor individual projects um, depending on, so they're a fiscal sponsor for a lot of that city grant funding. So we have a lot of projects in the works for that, but the main focus is to um, bring access to cultural arts to the um, Latinx spaces in Austin and support Latinx artists in Austin. Interesting. Ex artists in Austin. Interesting. That's like where I met JT. So he was being a, uh, a teaching artist and I was a teaching artist and it was back um, like in 2016. And it was one of those employee, you know, end of the year parties. And that is actually how we met um, when he was being a teaching artist. So. Do you want to speak anything on that? Uh, speaking on the fact that Lupe, I say hello, everybody. Hello. Uh, JT Campos here, a.k.a. Boaz Jimenez from that hit TV series, Queen of the South, once again. Just wanted to say hi. You know, speaking in, on behalf of Lupe Arte, Latinas Unidas for the I got to meet a amazing woman, you know. And seven, eight years ago, when we linked up, seeing her teach a class of 75 kids and have that energy. Uh, it was just nice to, to be there within that same essence of, of teaching and 
you know, I was a student, I guess. I was a student even of hers in the sense of tell yeah. me what to do. Tell me how you need me interacting with the kids. I'm here for that. Uh, fast forward to to Louis the Singer and Come and Take It music video. CC's video. Uh, hey, I know JT Campos. I'm going to go to that Austin, you know, the Austin Louis the Singer uh, uh, concert. And we make sure we all step into leadership, right? Uh, <laughs> <sorry>. <laughs> it's just crazy because uh, once we linked up there, all the flashbacks of working in yesteryear kind of just raises back to the surface. And uh, hey, what can we do together now? And how can we uh, get moving? I'm proud of you. You know, that conversation took place. Like, well, let's sit down. Let's have a yeah. meeting, sign some papers, NDAs. I've got a lot going on these days. Once we did that, sat down. I think we just picked up right where we left off as brother and sister. And I was like, yeah, I, I could definitely use some help. You know, men sometimes need to get out of the way of themselves. And yeah. you know, oftentimes we don't know how to, how to start or what that even looks like. Uh, I think I just reminded myself that I, I needed to not be in control of me and let somebody else kind of handle me. I've been moving so fast. Yeah, I heard definitely. a saying years ago, when you want to move fast, you move by yourself. And when you want to move longevity, you move with the team and, and create wow, the family. Wow, interesting. Uh, so what is it exactly that I'm helping you do? Moving with the longevity, <laughs> helping me create the family. She's helping me get organized more than I've been ever. And uh, helping me really initiate. Sometimes I put so many things on my plate with wanting to get things done. You know, being a creative, being in this entertainment world. You just kind of want to just keep creating, keep bringing everything that you're creating to, to, to fruition. And that, that can get done by one. I'm not going to say it can't, but it does take a, a process and the process could be tedious and long. So yeah. definitely with someone that is like uh, managing the, the process, managing, managing my the obstacles of, of projects. Yeah. It's a, it can, it can get, daunting but uh yeah. as she's always referring to she manages chaos beautifully you know like hey it's just like me and stuntman you know stuntman stuff stuntmen are always uh controlling that chaos what looks like the explosion looks like the fire looks like that car crash but it's just the science that goes behind that and uh it's a control that yeah. takes place in what looks like a chaos, and I'm like, you do that for me, like you do that for movies. And speaking of that, that, safety's at the forefront of that, and safety, safety, first, safety last. So we've uh, been coming up with something we want to do new for 2024, and that is like um, corporate coming in and doing corporate safety talks. So learning, you know, we all a lot of people at the at your jobs and different corporations are looking for a more fun, dynamic way to deliver some sort of safety training or safety talk and so looking at like the stunt world and jt he can come in and facilitate like an hour safety talk through the eyes of a stuntman in the kind of film world so do you want to talk a little bit about that yeah right, you know uh, i've got a instagram jt couples one i invite you to visit my site you'll see uh various postings but uh, there are such postings as uh, gun safety. I've got a couple of postings that I posted with uh, Jen here. And yeah, I saw that. Awesome. Uh, four major rules on gun safety. Rule one, 
Oh, the gun's always loaded. Yeah. I'm just saying. <laughs> so, uh, not put your finger on the Know your trajectory, because... Bullets cut through shit. Bullets cut through shit. Before, I remember, the gun's always loaded. It's just something simple, somewhere to start. Wanting to prove that narrative is true, that safety first, safety last takes place in life. Uh, and for the corporate, for the corporate training. And for corporate training, yes. I mean, we found ourselves here at a corporate facility in Tulsa, Oklahoma, and uh, one of the main ladies there, the main grower, had an accident, just a simple accident, falling off the ladder. Could have been that that could have been even more severe than what it was. It's yeah. just a shoulder elbow injury. But when you think about, wow. You fell off a ladder, and lucky, luckily, it wasn't that severe. But what if it had been? There are such ways to prevent that. Just troubleshooting real quick and sharing with them in that facility. Uh, what I shared with them, examples like that. Um, it's where I just go into to your job, and and, and just share simple safety solutions. Yeah. Uh, how to prevent accidents? I mean, we can't prevent all accidents that are going yeah. to happen, but you could actually. You actually start preparing for the what if this were to happen, that were to happen, and and you can actually uh, come up with somewhat of a solution to prevent that and and keep everyone, friends, family, loved ones safe. Um, and it's know. taught by Boaz, right? Yeah. It's taught by JT Compos and um, yeah. the film industry. So yeah. that's definitely and i see we only have like five minutes left so for, for everything no for my for oh my god well why don't i let you finish and then you know, <laughs> you know, tag team with me on this and because i i definitely want to say i joseph thomas compos as the actor stuntman creative uh multifaceted energy here i couldn't move comfortably as comfortably as i as i do these days now more so uh than i used to back then Without this, without the beautiful help of, of Jennifer Melissa Rangapai, this lady is a force. Um, yeah, she's got me grounded more so than what I've been in three months. That's awesome. In three months. We appreciate you. Well, that's awesome. I know awesome. you do events too. So, so we have some mutual friends, right? Um, yeah, and you had mentioned. Yeah, yeah. So so I wanted to hear a little bit about that event. Yes. So I have an event. It's called Battle for a Cause. Um, I was doing it annually, but after COVID, I had stopped. Um, but I plan to have another one soon. And what it is, it's for bringing awareness for autism. As you know, my son has autism. He got diagnosed at two years old. So from there, um, I invited dancers from all over Texas, and um, I get judges from all over too to judge the competition. <laughs> it's for it's for autism. It's raising awareness as well as support. Yes. So I dancers from all over Texas. We have breakers, uh, poppers, graffiti artists. Sometimes um, we have. Um, a crumpers we have all style dancers that come in i have judges that come um from all over i've gotten judges from the east coast from the west coast and they come in and they judge the competition and usually um we have uh sometimes uh 
money as a prize or they'll get some custom trophies um like nice. in the shape of a puzzle piece and then i always say speech about autism we talk about autism um and they battle and it it's an amazing and that's how actually how i met recon and um he's an awesome dancer he's actually judged for me a couple of times with my event but really it's just uh, the community getting together all the way around and i am you know thank you for putting on that such an event like that in your work around that event i think that's really cool so thank you thank you definitely want to be um just reach out to me and give me a heads up and maybe we can see how some of our things can overlap definitely also Yes, before ma'am. We wrap, before we wrap it yes. up, yes, I wanted to talk about that painting. There's a specific right. painting that I love, but I want to know what's behind that painting. Right. So this one is actually done. It's called Transaction, and it's yes. actually um, a drawing, and I use colored pencil, and it's one of these doodles, and it's really like about relationships, right? And so mm. you have kind of a more feminine image on one side with her hands out with a flame and you have kind of a more masculine um, embodiment on the left side that's holding a head, right? It's like mm. giving you my mind, giving me your thoughts and words and all of the pain that you see inside that. Um, Cause you see some like blood tears coming out of the eyes and you see yes. like what represents a sun coming from the mouth. So these words, right? And then um, the, on the more feminine side, you see all of these little pieces, like mosaics on her arm, like she is in pieces, but those pieces are, are going toward that, that transaction as well as a flame. So there's that, and then you see her, her head is more of a representation of a tree. So, um, and trees represent knowledge and things of that. So um, you also see on the masculine um kind of embodiment that it, the, instead of a heart, you see like a rib that has pierced a piece of flesh. So yes. that's kind of like looking at the transaction um, of relationships and how um, there's passion, there's knowledge, there's words being exchanged, there's pieces of each other being exchanged and what that looks like. And some of it feels like pain and some of it feels like you're in the clouds and it's just this whole complete mix up of, of feelings, thoughts, emotions, and energy. Do you see a lot of your culture in your art? That's an interesting because that's an interesting question because I think I definitely go through a complex cultural identity so my background, my, my father was born in Thailand and he came mm -hmm. over here when he was 18 years old with no other family to kind of make a life for himself. He married my mother, which um, identifies herself as white, but she was born in El Paso. And um, basically I was raised outside of my parents' household for the most part. I was raised by my grandparents. I was raised by my community. I would stay at, at multiple people's houses during the week, month, different seasons. And so some of those families were Iranian, Mexican, Black, um, some of those Asian. So I grew up in a multicultural foundation that was also a bit nomadic. So um, yes, I would say I have no choice but to express all of the my multi, multi, multicultural background 
but it doesn't fit just in our normal boxes that most of us were raised in, right? Yeah. So I learned how to make a palette for my bed before I learned to make like an actual bed because I moved around so much. Um, and so that's definitely in my art because I doodled a lot. And so this actual piece, um, it wasn't something that was planned to like go out to the public. It's one of those things that's kind of in my art journal. So okay. whenever I'm having thoughts, feelings, or just feel the urge to express visually, I always carry a sketch pad on me. And that is part of, this is part of that sketch pad. So this was after a particular relationship and it never really was meant to be like, here it is for sale. But at some point I decided to just risk it and just say, I'm just going to put it all out there and see what happens. Awesome. It's a beautiful painting. Thank beautiful. you. Thank you. So we will wrap this up with Jen. Um, Jen, you've been great. You've been super informative. Thank you. Thank you for all you do for JT as well, making his life easier. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for having me. I appreciate you, you, it, you know, bringing this into fruition. I think it's really cool that you want to tell people stories. And instead of waiting around to figure out and wait for someone else to do it, you took action and you started your own podcast to talk about people's stories because there's Thank a lot you. of stories out there that need to be told and need to get out to people so they can be inspired, so they can be encouraged and know that they're not alone. So thank you. Thank you for starting thank the podcast. Thank you for the work you do in the autism awareness space. And thank you for inviting me. Thank you. Thank you so much. She's amazing. <laughs>